Good evening, Pod Squad. It's week seven in the NFL, and COVID-19 is finding new ways to affect the game. This time, it appears it'll affect one team's offense in a very, very large way. Also, find out which NFL and fantasy teams finally lost their O this past week. Also, we've got all the fantasy-relevant news and topics that you need to know about. The Victorious P.O.D. starts right now. Welcome in, everybody. I am Ryan Walters. The guy sitting next to me is Jack Vickers. We are the victorious POD. Jack, say hi to everybody out there in YouTube land. This is a podcast. How are you doing, YouTube? There you go. (laughs) Like I said before, we are the victorious POD. We are a podcast, a fantasy football podcast, but most specifically, we run our podcast for our league, and that is the Victoria's Secret Fantasy Football League, but we are also here to give you some general NFL news and some fantasy-relevant topics. Um, I want to start off this podcast by just by saying thank you to everybody for showing up, everybody for listening, uh, anybody who has supported us in the production of this podcast, um, that means... Garlic Johnson, thank you very much for coming in and uh, just bouncing some ideas off me with all the technical stuff. I want to thank Levi Oki. He is the guy. He is the man who created our awesome album artwork. You can also see our awesome new banner up on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, You can find him at Levi Oki Illustrations on Instagram. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Jack, how's it going tonight? Jack is frozen. Jack is totally frozen. I'm here by myself where Jack is totally frozen. So this is pretty cool. Um, Just to get started until uh, Jack comes back. Oh, Jack, are you there? Can you hear? There we go. Yeah, oh, I'm there. Hey. We're good. Welcome back, Jack. How's it going, man? It's good. I was dinking around a little bit trying to get the Ethernet going because uh, my Wi-Fi is doo-doo. So... Should be good now. Perfect. Awesome. I love love to hear that. Love to see that. How's it going this week? Um, I hear that you're getting married in like a couple days. I know. It's crazy. Two days from now on Saturday. Are you nervous? For the weather, yes. Uh, we're really hoping it doesn't blizzard and snowstorm. So uh, <laughs> beyond luck. that, no, we're just ready to go. <laughs> Uh, yes, here up in Minneapolis, it, it, and well, Western Wisconsin, but mainly Minneapolis is the home of the Victorious POD. We have October snow, which is completely stupid. Um, it's and it's still here. It's been sitting on the ground for the last couple of days, and for your first snow, 
uh, to still be hanging around in mid-October is absolutely asinine. We hate it. We want it to melt so we can go um, walk around the neighborhoods with our kids or nephews, nieces, whatever, and uh, go trick-or-treating. But we'll see. There might be snow on the ground for Halloween this year, and, well, if that's what it is, that's what it is. A uh, quick shout out to Katie, a, a wonderful league member of ours, very distinguished. Uh, she had her birthday yesterday, Wednesday. Is that right, Jack? Uh, Wednesday, that's correct. Right on, right on. Katie, I hope you had a very happy birthday, and I hope um, Tyler did everything for you so you wouldn't have to lift a finger. Um, last week, our episode, I think our length was all right. We're going to work on it just a little bit, but... I liked how we went through the rapid fire on the matchups and our audio quality was actually pretty decent. Not bad. Um, oh, Jack, that's a first. Yeah, that is a first. I'm pretty excited about that. I thought uh, the beginning of today's podcast was going to be a big whoops because, you know, for the last or first 30 seconds, it was Jack's frozen and he's not responding. So I didn't <laughs> know what happened. Anyway, Jack, you have anything before we move right on into the fan interaction zone? Not a whole lot. Um, I think you covered everything. We should be good to go. All right, right on. We're going to be moving into the fan interaction zone. This is how you can find us, how you can get involved. Uh, first off, we're on YouTube, obviously, if you're watching us here on YouTube. Uh, follow us and subscribe to us, please. 100 follows gets us a custom URL, and currently we are at 44 subs, which is awesome. Thank you very much. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Give us we want to hit that 50 mark here in the next week or two. That'd be awesome if we could be halfway to our goal of 100 subs. Normally, we stream here um, on YouTube at 6.30 on Thursdays, but because of Jack's wedding, and I'm actually surprised Jack is still able to stream, we bumped it back a little bit so we can get a few extra wedding hey, things priorities, done. man. Yeah, priorities. Um, last week, we did have a comment on our YouTube video. It was from Alex Williams, the audio al, technical, whatever you want to call him. He says first. <laughs> so congratulations, Alex, on Thank your you. first, first comment. We are also on Twitter. You can catch us on Twitter at VictoriousPOD. You can tweet at us. You can leave us uh, if you want to DM us. I guess you can try and DM us or just add us on Twitter. Um, give suggestions, comments, whatever you want. We're up on Twitter. We're also going to be trying to post some more league content. I know we've been a little lax on that. I'm going to be talking with our um, communications department to get more tweets out on the Twitter machine. If you only want to do a podcast and don't want to spend the time watching us here on YouTube, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Drumroll. We are on Apple. I didn't even know that, but we are on Apple. Apparently, um, uh, <laughs> Anchor was putting us out on Apple, but I'm trying to reclaim all of that so I can see all the analytics and stuff. We are also on, one more, we are now on Amazon, and hopefully soon to be, we'll be on iHeartRadio. We are not there yet, but we will be getting there soon. So, and if there's a platform that you like to listen on that we're not on to, hit us up with an email and tell us all about it so we can get it there. Speaking of which, our email is victoriouspod at gmail.com. So leave us an email if you have questions, if you have concerns, comments, maybe you have content ideas. We will take the four C's for sure uh, via email. Um, Anchor, last one, Anchor. Anchor is our distribution center, but also it ho hosts our 
voice message um, system. I'm not sure if we have voice messages this week. I am going to have to go take a look while you are talking. So we'll have to check that out. I, I forgot to check it out. So hopefully we can hear from another uh, member of the Leahy family this week in our voicemails. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. Um, Jack, am I missing anything? I know I just talked for like three minutes here. No, you're good, man. I do that a lot. Um, yeah, just if any of you guys, if, you know, if you don't want to go through the trouble of calling in or doing whatever, but if any of you guys have ideas for just like a fun game or something like that and you want to, if you come up with something cool, I'll just name it after you. Like if it's Jordan's favorite kicker of the week, whatever, I'll just continue to refer to it as that from now on and do it. But uh, we try to come up with games and a lot of stuff, so it's not just us repeating, hey, here's who won, here, here's the score. So anything fun like that you guys want to hear, let us we know whether you're in our league or not. with you guys. I mean, that's what we want. We want fan interaction. So, like, to Jack's point, definitely, um, if you have any ideas, we'll name it almost anything you want. As long as it's not explicit, we can't do that stuff. So, we're not going <laughs> to do it. So, um, all right. We're going to be moving on. We are going to be moving on to our NFL Bits and Bites segment. Jack, do you have anything special that you're snacking on today? Uh, snacking? No. We just finished dinner. We did a little uh, corn dogs and tater tots in the air fryer business, Delicious. which was... But, um, Drinking a little, uh, what do I got here? Some Pepsi and a uh, little adult beverage in the old tumbler here. Perfect. I've got myself again. I'm going with the Insight Brewing, the Trollway. Let's see if I can do this here. It is the uh, Citrus India Pale Ale. It's kind of meh, but it's going to help me relax a little bit. So Gets the job done. Yeah, it's going to do it. I Also, to snack on, my lovely wife gave me some Candy corn with peanuts, sweet and salty. Good stuff. Ooh, the best. All right, sweet. So now that we're done with the bite segment, Jack, what do we got for some of our NFL bits this week? Literally, I've just kept one of the three bits and bites segments um, every week just about COVID because I feel like we have some stupid new thing to break every single time. So uh, there was a report that came out today while I was working on some show notes, actually, um, that one of the Raiders offensive linemen tested positive for COVID. So basically the entire starting offensive line group is just quarantined right now. Um, Not ideal. Like if you lose one player, it always is difficult, but trying to replace an entire offensive line with people that you know, our backups and don't play with each other, let alone even starters is going to be very difficult. Um, the game is projected still to play as of this point. So we're going to, we're going to follow that whether they bump it back or what happens from there. Uh, another big thing we're starting to watch as it gets closer to the trade deadline, which I think is less than two weeks away coming up in November um, teams starting to make moves. So the Ravens today, most of you guys probably saw as Vikings fans, uh, the Ravens traded for Ngakwe who we just picked up this past off season. And you might think, wow, we traded for for him like six weeks ago to give him up. We might have, must have got something really good. Uh, no, we traded him away for less than we paid to get him. So solid move by the Vikings so far. Um, him over in Baltimore with Calais Campbell, though, should be a scarier, even scarier than the Ravens defense already is. Uh, there's reports that the Ravens are also looking to sign Des Bryant to their practice squad, which probably won't be super relevant anytime soon, but he could be like a playoff push type of guy that, you know, he's he's actually younger than, even Antonio Brown, who's also kind of in contention to come back, but he's he's still only 31, and he was dominant for a long stretch there. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Antonio Brown, the Seahawks are one of the few teams that are looking at bringing him back after his eight-week suspension is up shortly. So some teams to watch. I think we're going to see some more trades coming up in the near future, but uh, should be exciting, as always, in the playoff pushes and contenders versus rebuilding teams. 
And then last bullet point that I've got is uh, a lot of you guys have heard in the last couple of days, but it's Tua time. So the Dolphins have officially announced that Tua Tago Viola. No, you're not a fan. No, I'm not. A <laughs> is fan. Uh, is going to be the new starter. Why? Why does he? Need um, to he's going to be the new starter for the Dolphins. Why? Why does he? Need yeah, to start yeah. Him? I'm sad because I I love Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, what, what, it broke what, my heart seeing his little report of like him saying he was heartbroken and felt like he was replaced and then has to go sit in a room with the guy that replaced him and all that. But I guess I get it from the dolphins. I mean, it make, it would make sense to keep him because you're only a game out. You could win this year, but like nobody thinks the dolphins are going far. So it's nice to see what you have in Tua and then having him be able to learn under Fitzpatrick, who's going to be gone next year. Anyway, I get it. I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. I'm not either. You know, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He's throwing you <laughs> what? Seven interceptions this year. I mean, He's had one bad game and one iffy game, but I mean, he, he has made your team three and three. Your right. I, I mean, yeah. Paul Foster said it best right there on the stream. Fitzy is the man. Like I don't understand why you would want to walk away from him until he implodes. Which it's Fitzpatrick. Normally he he's gonna implode. I mean, how many seasons has it been where mm-hmm. he's just been fancy fire for like five six weeks and then just nothing, just craps the bed. And I don't understand. He's the number eight quarterback in fantasy, point. though. But he, here's the other thing. Even so, let's say Fitzpatrick doesn't implode. Now he's taking you to the playoffs because the AFC East is not the same without Tom Brady in um, New England anymore. So I, I just think that the Dolphins really. Um, they, I, I I think they might have. I think they might have uh, gone to two away way too soon. So there is. Still too much time in the season for Tua to make an appearance this early. So that's just... That's yeah, way, way too much time. Yeah, way too much time. Didn't. Hold on. <laughs> I got that. Hold on. Yeah, I gave you a little laugh track there. No, thank All you. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Okay. So after those bullet points, I've got my game of the week to watch and my game of the week to avoid like the plague. Uh, game of the week to watch this week is the Steelers and Titans are playing. They're both 5-0, and and they're two of the only three undefeated teams left, so have to pick this one. Um, they're actually pretty similar makeup when you look at it, like two QBs that are, you know, solid. Um, both of their run games are very, very good. Their defenses are both pretty pretty up there, too. Um, I think it's interesting, though, to watch this one because I don't, I don't know about most of you, but I would not have picked either of these two teams to be 5-0 and at the start of the season. So the fact that they're the only ones left beyond Seattle is just crazy to me. So I think they're both going to probably be pretty set going into real playoff runs this year, but I'm picking Pittsburgh just because I think their defense is just a step above. And uh, not that anybody's going to slow down Derrick Henry, but if somebody would, it would probably be the Steelers this week. I agree. And then my game of the week to avoid is uh, – Dallas at Washington. Um, Dallas void. obviously looked very, very different. What? The Tua void? The game Tua void? Ha! Oh, <laughs> boy. That one went <laughs> over my head. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I just had to get that in there. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Dallas looked way different last week with uh, Andy Dalton. Obviously, their offense took a huge step down with Dak, but I don't think anybody expected it to be as bad as it was. And then Washington knows a little something about QB struggles. So I think it's going to be just a painful game to watch. It's going to be basically a defensive brawl. And I'd be surprised at this point if either of these teams make it to five wins. So do not watch unless you have to, because you have somebody playing in that game. All right. I got a, I got a minor minor mount question for you. All right. Um, uh, who is the second wide receiver for Dallas? 
Gallup or CD? Yeah. Nope, we're going to say Gallup. Are you min or mouth okay. with uh, Michael Gallup at, with Andy Dalton as your quarterback from a fantasy perspective? Like the rest of the year, or are you talking this week? Yeah, like are you gonna are you gonna keep Gallup on your roster, or is he? Are you gonna drop him? You are the fantasy owner of Michael Gallup. Are you dropping him, or are you gonna are you gonna ride it out? Oh Christ! Um, I'm sorry, Tyler, having to make that decision. I think if you have any other kind of option, you don't start him if you have a choice. But I'm not gonna drop the guy. I mean, Dalton looked terrible, but Gallup was still really good last year, and he was decent this year. So. I think you keep them, but if you have any other kind of like boom bust or upcoming like matchup play that you can play instead, I just don't trust Dalton. I love Gallup, but Dalton just scares me right now. So Gallup four weeks ago in week three against Seattle had 19.8 points. He just went off every other game. If you take that game away, he Gallup has not had 10 points in any matchup. Uh, week one, he had five. Week two, he had 5.8. Week three, he had the 19.8. Week four, he had 2.9, 7.3, and then 2.3. Michael Gallup is, I mean, he Tyler, he's been on Tyler's bench, but he, I, I would have to say, and you can water bet me on this, I don't think that he puts up wide receiver three numbers, eh, wide receiver two numbers for the rest of the season. Ooh. Like consistently through the season is a wide receiver two, or like no well, week I would does say he have he wide receiver even, two? I mean, I could say he finishes outside outside wide receiver three. Michael Gallup finishes outside a wide receiver three. Uh, that's top like rest of six. season total. Rest of season total. Oh, for sure. I'll take that. I think 36 is doable. Okay. All right. I'm, right I'm in with that. It's okay. not going to be high. It's going to be lucky to be a two, but I think, I think he can maybe get into the thirties. All right. Cool. So we'll, we'll add that one in. All right, cool. Sorry to uh, torpedo your, your take there. No, no, I love it. Okay, love the tangents. Cool. Um, are we good with um, Dallas at Washington? Yeah. Are we all? Yeah, done? we can move on to Minnesota here. Okay, cool. Right on. Let's get into it. All right. So, uh, unfortunately, if any of you guys had to watch the game this week, uh, if you didn't, this is going to be a sad segment. Uh, Minnesota played Atlanta last week. We lost forty to twenty-three. Um, I don't think the forty is as much of a surprise to me with our defense right now, but the 23 was really sad. Uh, we didn't even put up any points in the first half. It was 20 to zero. And then I think it was 23 to zero before we even scored. So the fact that we looked that bad against Atlanta's defense, which has been the worst all year um, and really only put up points and statistics in garbage time, essentially, which was, you know, it was over by the second quarter. Um, super embarrassing. They were a winless team coming in. I think, it's not so much of a surprise that we lost because we were right there with them, but just that we lost in such a dominating fashion. Seeing uh, Kirk not do anything, I think his stats ended up looking better than what he actually played like. I mean, he had 300-something, 370 or something like that, three-something three and three touchdowns, but he had those three picks. Not necessarily all of them were his fault, but our offense couldn't do anything in the beginning. Um, Justin Jefferson had a great game, though. As usual lately, I think he had nine catches for like 166 and two touchdowns. So he is looking legit. He's actually like beaten Adam Thielen most of these past few weeks. So crazy excited to see what we can do with him in the future as like a solid number two. We don't have much of a drop off after digs, but um, it was a bummer to see Alexander Madison not do a lot. He had like 10 carries for 26 yards. So I think we were all excited to say, 
all right, Cook is out. Madison's like one of the better backups in the league, most people would feel like, and uh, he just kind of flopped. So I was a little disappointed there. Um, on the Falcons' side of the ball, Matt Ryan, after three weeks of being a stinker, he put up dominant numbers. He got Julio back, and Matt Ryan went out with 370 and four touchdowns, two of them to Julio, who had like 160 yards receiving. So looked like the team that started out the year. And, uh, yeah, just was not not pretty. Not a lot of great takeaways from us. So with the Vikings going on by this week, um, I'm curious to see, and you can tell me what you think too, but do we just straight up tank the rest of the way or do you think we're going to make any changes coming out of the buy, whether it's like a coaching change or QB change? Do we start changing some personnel? I know we just had a defensive player leave with the trade. So like, what do you think we're going to see coming out of the buy? Okay, first let me ask you this. What do you, okay. what do you mean by, by tank? Because let me let me let me rephrase my question. Actually, I'm going to answer my own question. I don't think the Vikings okay. need to tank because I believe that with the personnel that we now have on defense and the miscues and the misfires with our offense and just the way we haven't been able to put together a complete game except for the Seattle game that is the outlier. Um, I just I don't think that we're going to have to tank. I think that. The way we are playing on the field, even if we are trying, we are, we just don't have the skill to be able to get there. Um, yeah. I, like I said before, I don't see this team making more than four wins. I mean, I was, you know, and that makes me sad. I don't, I, I don't want to see my team be four and twelve. But I will say is that if we do happen to have a terrible year the rest of the year, and we are going to have a high draft pick. I really, really hope that we can capitalize on an, an offensive line. I don't want any more defensive players. I don't want to try and tank for Trevor because, honestly, it's not going to matter who we have back there because we don't have an offensive line that can give him any time for, uh, for a pocket. So that's just me. Um, I want to ask you one quick question about Alexander Madison and his poor performances last weekend. Looking ahead into two weeks, we are playing the Green Bay Packers. Is that correct? At Lambeau? Yes, I believe so. Okay, do you believe that Alexander Madison repeats his terrible game, or does he turn up the heat? So repeat or turn up the heat, Alexander Madison. I like I like that. Um, I mean, this is assuming that Cook isn't back, right? Because I think he might be by oh, yeah. that point. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. Well, point so, is no assu- assuming Cook doesn't play. I would think Madison is a lot better than what he showed and he has been better. So if he gets a chance to start, whether it's in two weeks or at some point again, this season, I think he will look a lot better. He's, I still stand by, he's a top five backup running back in the league. So, okay, sure. Cool. All right. That's my, my two cents. Right on. Is there anything you want to react to what I said? Um, Yeah. I mean, I like it. I think, you're right. Probably. I don't think we need to necessarily try. I think it's just going to be more a matter of like, if we come out of the buy and do anything, or if we just kind of keep it going, which basically to me would say they're giving up and they're just accepting it. I still don't think the right move is just to say, Oh, fire Zimmer. It's his fault. Cause I don't, I, I kind of think what you're going off of what you said, I don't think anybody else could really have done a whole lot so far with how we've played. I think it's just been pretty poor all around and like not necessarily just Zimmer. Um, but yeah, I guess my only thought would be if we do end up with, I don't think we're going to end up with the number one. I think the Jets probably have that on lock at this point. But if we ended up with, say, a top five or a top seven pick, I mean, there is, what's the other quarterback coming up this year? Justin Fields, I think, is another, he's a top five pick. 
So no, it's like no matter what, you don't want a QB. You're just like take the top line no, and I don't want a QB. go with that. The only QB that I would want is Tanner okay. Morgan, and you'd get him in like what second round, third round maybe. Yeah. So yeah, but here as, I, as of I, right I now, I think there's one your, lineman. I would agree with your Mike Zimmer take though, um, unless yeah. unless the team quits on Mike Zimmer, you cannot fire Mike Zimmer. People are asking for mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer's head, and I'm telling you that Mike Zimmer has brought a level of respect to this organization. And, he, I mean, yeah, you're going to have down years. I mean, I, look at how, how look at John Harbaugh. How long has he been a coach out there in, in Baltimore? You know, he has the respect. He's got a Super Bowl, so I'm not comparing. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's achieved the highest achievement you can get in the NFL. But I'm not saying that all of his seasons have been good seasons either. So, patience. We've got yeah. youth on our team. So, uh, that's, that's what it comes down to, I think is patience with the coaching staff. So I'm done with the Vikings. Yep. I hope you are Agreed. too, so let's move on. Yeah, definitely. Bucks. We'll take a week off just like the bye. We don't have to deal with them for a bit. Uh, going into Tampa Bay, a team or a game that I was really excited to talk about. Josh, I hope you're listening. Uh, Tampa Bay beat the yep. Packers this past week, 38-10. to 10. Just absurd. It was complete domination on all sides of the ball. I loved it. Uh, Green Bay looked like they were coming out firing right off the bat. I know they were up 10-0, and then there was that call um, where Rodgers had the rushing touchdown that they got called back, and then from there they didn't really score. Uh, Tampa Bay went on to score the other 38 points in the game, so they didn't. They pushed, pitched a shutout from there on. Um, defense looked phenomenal, got to Rodgers a ton. I know Indominus Sue got into it with a little, little bit with Rodgers, which was kind of fun to see them go back and forth. They both got a lot of um, heated moments with each other over the years. And then uh, Rogers getting his first two interceptions on the year versus Tampa Bay was cool for any non Packers fan. Cause just, you don't want to see him just go perfect for the entire time. One was a pick six. So I love that. Uh, Brady didn't dominate by any means, but he had an unexciting respectable game, uh, 166 yards and two touchdowns, no pick, but he uh-huh. really didn't need to do a lot. I mean, they were ahead pretty early on in the first half and then, the running game looking as good as it was. Ronald Jones had a third straight game with 100 yards. He was like 113 or and two touchdowns. And then uh, pretty much everybody got involved. Gronk got back. Gronk. He had 76 yards and a touchdown. I was so happy. Finally. Uh, seeing the Gronk out. spike again. It was about time. It was, good it was so great or? seeing them connect. He did Gronk spike, but his uh, his right arm, I guess, was dinged up. He said in a post game interview, so he's like, I couldn't do the full thing, so I switched to my left hand. It was kind of just like a. Eh. I think somebody was disrespecting but, uh, his his spike in the end zone. It's like you you scored an NFL touchdown, yeah. bro. Exactly, like he just scored, and you stop him if you don't like it. <sighs> yeah. Um. Overall, though, just takeaways from the game. Unfortunately, I think the Packers are going to be fine. I think this was just a down week that they, you know, every team has the those where they just don't look like themselves, but it was more of a positive statement for Tampa Bay than it was a negative statement for green Bay to me. I think Tampa Bay came out and showed like, Hey, we are still a threat. Like I know they lost kind of a close game to the saints week one when they were still kind of getting some timing down. And then their other game against Chicago was a one point loss. So like they could easily be six and oh, just as easily as they are four and two. Um, I think they're easily a top three or four in the NFC and they're getting more in sync. Like the more Brady gets playing time with these guys, the better they're going to look. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do going forward. Quick question for you. Yeah. Do you think that this was the preview for the NFC championship matchup? Ooh, that's, that's tough. I mean, if you're going like chalk, like top teams, what would it be now? Seattle and green Bay. 
probably, which would also be phenomenal of a matchup. Um, I, I definitely feel like Seattle is going to be there. So it's going to depend on like the paths that people go through. But if I had to guess, it's probably going to be one of those three teams. I don't really see the Saints as much of a threat right now. Maybe they'll come back differently with Michael Thomas and then nobody else in our division is a threat. I don't see the um, Bears going anywhere. The Rams don't scare me. Am I forgetting a division? Uh there's nobody yeah, coming would, out of the East. I would guess. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess between Seattle, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay, that's my my three picks. Whoever doesn't have to play one of the other two. Uh, is I mean, if you have um, a high-flying offense enough, you'd be able to shred Seattle's. I mean, all you have to do is stop Seattle. I mean, it, the Vikings kind of put a right. blueprint on it to be able to if you keep the ball out of Wilson's mm-hmm. hands. You're, you're not, you, you know, he's not going to be able to score. So don't make mistakes. And keep the ball out of Russell's hands and just bomb, bomb it. You know their defense sucks. Yeah, Seattle. So, all mm-hmm. right, cool. What's going on? I think, next I think Seattle and Tampa Bay would be. Oh yeah, I think Seattle and Tampa Bay would be really exciting to watch just because they actually have a good defense. But moving okay. on from that, um, Tampa Bay's next game, uh, Las Vegas Raiders at three oh five this Sunday. I think it might be getting pushed back by an hour because of the whole COVID stuff. And uh, there's talks that it might get pushed back to Monday or Tuesday again. So we'll see maybe another primetime game. Uh, Tampa Bay should be favored in this one, but Raiders have kind of been a surprise this year. I think they're three and two and they look great against the Chiefs last time they played. They actually beat the Chiefs, which was like the only time I think in Mahomes career that he lost a game by more than like seven points, which is insane. I mean, you wouldn't pick the Raiders to be the one that beats them. So um, I feel like this is kind of a trap game. Like the Buccaneers are going to be really high coming off of like, we just beat the Packers and showed we're a top team. And now they play this other team. That's like not the elite level, but they're really athletic. They're really fast. Cars looked great lately. I mean, he has like 1400 yards on the year and he's an 11 to one touchdown interception ratio. So with him plus rugs is crazy fast. Waller's a great tight end. Josh Jacobs is good on the, the running game. I feel like I could see this being a game where like, they kind of get their butts kicked and they're like, what happened? Why'd we lose to them? Um, But with the reports coming out that basically the Raiders have no offensive line, I think Tampa Bay's defense, which is one of their stronger points is probably going to feast on this game. So I'm still picking Tampa Bay, probably like 30 to 20. Derek Carr is going to have to run for his life. Yeah. I do like him though. He's surprised me a lot this year. So yeah, we'll see how it goes right on. Cool. And they are playing yep. at 305 on Sunday, like Jack stated earlier, but keep tu- uh, stay tuned. They might be moved back a little bit. All right. We're going to be moving on to our NFL pick em, Walters versus Jack. Last week, Jack, who is 5-1, was correct with Detroit over Jacksonville. And I'm back on my losing streak again, picking Washington over New York Giants. Um, that's embarrassing. So that, close. Uh, Washington lost to the Giants this week. Jack, what's going on with your pick? This week, I am picking uh, another kind of bottom bottom teams matchup. I'm going with the Chargers over Jacksonville Jaguars. They're both one and four, but uh, I really, really am liking Herbert. Like He's becoming one of my, my more favorite quarterbacks in the league just with what he's doing. So it looks like he's got some staying power. Could be good for a long time and was a right pick by them. I definitely think he's been the better rookie QB so far. So I was looking at this game and I was like, eh, like, is that enough of an edge or what? All four of Jack, uh, the Chargers losses, excuse me, have all been by one score. And two of those four have been an overtime loss. So like they've been right there. They're another team that easily, you know, a couple of breaks different ways. They could be five and oh, just as easily as they are one and four. And all of the teams they've lost to are good teams. We're like looking at the matchups. You should, you would say 
yeah, they should beat the Chargers. Like the Saints, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Chiefs. I mean, all those teams are above 500. So um, I like Herbert to get his first win here because I think their only win came in week one with Tyrod. So I think Herbert's going to have a field day against Jacksonville's defense. Right on. My pick this week, since the Minnesota Vikings weren't playing, I decided to take Buffalo over the Jets. So uh, last two games, Buffalo has fall, fallen, but there is uh, no better cure of getting off the schneid than playing the New York Jets. So I'm going to take Buffalo, and I'm hoping that Josh yes. Allen and Stephon Diggs get me all sorts of touchdowns. All right. <laughs> We're going to be moving on to the fantasy outlook. This is the part of the podcast where we're just going to talk about some general fantasy stuff. And then after that, that is going to be our specific to Victoria's Secret. So we are going to get into our injury-prone segment. Uh, as of right now, uh, Joe Mixon, he is questionable with a foot. DJ Chark is questionable with an ankle. Zach Ertz is on IR. Uh, Jack, I hope you drop him and never pick him back up because he is absolutely useless. Facts. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's got, he is questionable with an ankle. Julio is questionable with a hamstring. Uh, AJ Brown with the knee did not practice this week. That is not, um, promising for him. Godwin has got a hamstring. Uh, he's questionable. Noah Fant, he's, uh, his ankle, he's questionable. Kelvin Ridley has an elbow issue. He is questionable. Keenan Allen, he's got a back issue. He is questionable. Miles Sanders with his knee, he is out. I believe he is on IR. Is that correct? Not yet, but he's going to be placed on it. Okay. Michael Thomas did not practice today with his hamstring slash his ankle. That is really frustrating. I know that there are people who drafted Michael Thomas and wanted lots of Michael Thomas touchdowns, but continuously are getting nothing out of him. Kareem Hunt, questionable with ribs. Mike Evans, questionable with an ankle. And Raheem Mostert is out with an ankle. He is on IR now. Is that correct? Yep. Same situation. They're putting him on it this week. Okay, right on. And that is going to be our injury-prone segment. You know, That is a lot of doing, names. Yeah, doing this segment, four years running, I've never had so many names that I've had to read off. This is just, it's, all, it's so 2020. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right, we're going to be moving into Jack's Tater Tot Hot Take. Jack, I'm going to let you talk for a few minutes. I'm going to step away from my mic. I want to check my audio recording device, so I'm just going to be right across the room here. Cool, sounds good. I'll shout really loudly if anything goes horrible. Um, last week was not great. I, uh, I took some little bit more bold ones for QB takes this past week. I had said that Cousins is going to outperform Matt Ryan head-to-head fantasy-wise in their game together. Uh, Cousins looked rough in the first half. He had a great second half, but Ryan just had a great both halves. So it was really, really tough. I think it ended up being Ryan at 31.6 to uh, Kirk Cousins having 23.7. So both of them were top eight quarterbacks on the week, but uh, – Matt Ryan looked better fantasy and regular football. Number two, I had guessed Dalton was going to pick up where Dak left off and have a top 10 quarterback day. Uh, he barely got above 10 points, so that definitely didn't happen. I was expecting against um, Arizona, like just with a fast-paced offense, I thought he'd have to throw a lot, and I thought he'd make some kind of connections, but his throws looked awful. Uh, lastly, I said Fitzpatrick was going to lead, um, keep it going with 20-plus points. And uh, um, give me one second.
podcasting. All right, we're back. Um, so we were talking about Fitzpatrick having 20 plus points. He had it and then he threw two interceptions at the very end. So he ended up with 16.4. For this week, I'm guessing that Carson Wentz is going to be a quarterback one versus a really beatable Giants defense, but they are without Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders. So I'm thinking it's going to make him throw a lot more. Uh, number two, I'm guessing that Kenny Galladay and Julio Jones are going to combine for over 200 yards receiving in the same game. It's all passing in the matchup and there's no defense. So they both should be able to put up really high numbers here. And number three, I'm guessing Kareem Hunt is going to bounce back from 5.7 points last week to triple that with 17.1, if my math is right. Uh, that or more versus the Bengals, which would be easy RB1 on the day. So those are my three for the week. And Walters is back. I am back. Uh, my computer went to sleep. Look at that timing. Stopped, stopped doing my recording, which <laughs> lovely. Yeah, perfect. Whatever. Cool. Doesn't matter. I'll I'll be able to get the uh, the recording right off YouTube after we're done. So okay. we're gonna be moving to swimming upstream, Jack. Um, we talked a little bit about this, and we're gonna be um implementing uh, implementing next week. Words are tough. T U F tough. Uh, I want to put up where you're standing in a spreadsheet of where yeah. you would be at for your streaming quarterbacks on the year, along with the top 12 quarterbacks on the fantasy season so that we can look at and see um, how you're doing through this swimming upstream challenge through the, the fantasy season. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your swimming upstream? Write me out. Yeah. So swimming upstream uh, this past week, I had who I think Cassie listened to the pod because the very next day she picked him up to play him. Great, because he got 28.6 points, which was huge for the week. Um, my season total brings me up to 135.5, which as a weekly average through six weeks is 22.6 points a game. It's up like 21 and a half last week. And then overall ranking, which this is a lot of numbers, but what that means or what that would have been if you would have just followed streaming quarterbacks every single week, it would be good enough for QB5 on the year. So I have a top five quarterback just from picking random people that nobody else wanted on the year, which just continues to prove that you do not need to draft a quarterback high, in my opinion, if you play the matchups right. Um, it puts him just ahead of Dak Prescott, who obviously isn't scoring points anymore. So a little bit higher than that even. Uh, it's currently better than 13 quarterbacks that are even rushed in our league, which is crazy. I mean, you always obviously have to play matchups and good quarterbacks are going to play bad defenses sometimes, but COVID year is a little bit different, but other years you just do not need to have two quarterbacks. I mean, that's there's 13 alone that aren't even that good. So it's a lot of people sitting on benches when you could have probably a better person picking them up and dropping them each week. Looking ahead to week seven, um, there weren't a ton of great options. Uh, I really like Carr, like I mentioned before, but he's playing against a Tampa Bay defense with no offensive line, so he's going to get hit a lot. Uh, Gardner Minshew has an 18.6 point average on the year, but he's going against chargers who are also a good defense. So I'm going with, I mentioned earlier, who's one of my new favorites, Justin Herbert. Um, in three out of his four games this year, he has over 22 points. He had four touchdowns last week against a pretty good saints defense. And he's played four really good teams to start his career. And now he finally gets to play a bad team Jacksonville. So I don't think their defense can really stop anybody. I'm thinking he easily should be able to put up at least 20 points. And is probably going to be looking deep to Mike Williams a couple of times who had two, easy touchdowns last week, breakaway speed. So he's going to be my guy to keep the streak going here. All right, right on. 
we're going to be moving into our purchase or pass segment. Jack, how did we do last week? Not great. We were both one and three. Um, Darn it. Wasn't ideal. I think, yeah. Uh, the first one, though, I was most proud of. I texted you during this game, but one of them was purchasing or pass that, uh, excuse me, CEH has 16 or more points in his last game without Bell. Kind of his swan song to prove, like, hey, I can still be the guy. We both passed it because we thought 16.9 was a lot without, unless he scored a touchdown. Uh, we were right that he didn't score a touchdown, but he had 16.9 points, so just barely, which, like, I t- p- picked that number out of the top of my head, but that was a perfect line to go off of because he was right there. Uh, number two, Singletary has his highest rushing yards of the year with 72 or more against the Chiefs. You passed it. I purchased it. He had 32, which was just disappointing. I figured they'd be a little bit closer in this game, but they were pretty much thrown from behind, and Josh Allen did not look great. So tough for Singletary to get anything going there. So you had one on me there. And then the last one, Kareem Hunt having under 60 rushing yards this week against Pittsburgh. Obviously a great defense, but Hunt's also been the guy, and he's electric. So you uh, you passed it, so you thought he'd get more than 60, and I purchased it thinking he'd get less, and he got less for 40. So that, that was my one there. Okay. Right on. What do we got going All right, so- this week? Going into this week, first one up is purchaser passed the Lions and Falcons game has 500 or more yards passing combined. So average of 250 at least for each, or if one has a down game, the other one has to carry them. Uh, we'll go purchase. I will purchase that. I am also, I feel I should have made that a higher line, like maybe 550. Uh, 575. But I think that's doable. <laughs> so just there, I was almost there. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. This is two terrible defenses. So, uh, Number two, purchase or pass that the Vikings find a way to make themselves look bad again this week. Well, they're on by. They aren't playing a game. (laughs) So, but then, you know, are they going to have some kind of personnel change or management change or something in the news where they do something dumb? If this would have been a day earlier, I would have called the Ngakwe trade a stupid thing. Okay. Uh, well, I don't think they're going to fire anybody because so, if they're going to fire anybody, that would have been done Monday. So I don't think there's going to be giant or any uh, big coaching changes or anything like that. Personnel, it's hard to say. Okay. Um, there might have been some talk. Well, not talk, but there is speculation that Daniil Hunter, now that he's on IR, might actually be traded, but he can't be traded if he's on IR. If he's injured, he's going to be having surgery, whatever. True. He's out, he's out for the season. So um, unless, I mean... And if trades in the NFL are super, super rare, so I don't, I, I can't foresee another trade the Vikings making. That being said, uh, it's 2020, it's a weird season, and this season has been abysmal as a Vikings fan, so um, I can't see him like letting go of Harrison Smith, but if Harrison Smith were to go, I mean, I wouldn't blame him, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a tough, tough season for, for the Vikings, and so uh, if Harrison, I mean, I don't know what the contract is or anything, but all I know is that they're going to need to figure out next season what they're going to do with their quarterback, and if they're going to stick with Kirk Cousins, that's what they're going to do. But if they don't, they need to find cap space. So big-name players could be out mm-hmm. the door by the end of the season. So uh, I know the trade deadline's coming True. up here next couple weeks. So keep your eyes and ears out, boys and yeah, girls. I'm, inter- I'm interested to see if we do anything coming up to the trade deadline, like getting rid of people for some assets or like future stuff. So I'm going to say purchase just because I feel like we'll find a way to do something, (laughs) but we'll, we'll stay tuned. 
Uh, and then number three, purchaser pass that Le'Veon Bell looks legit in his first week with the Chiefs this week. Obviously, What's compared legit? to his New York Jets standard, which has been nothing. That's the thing. I wanted to leave it more like objective. I didn't want to just leave it as like a point threshold. But like, say he comes, like where he comes out, and we can both acknowledge, like, yep, he looked legit. Maybe he only got you know eight touches, but maybe he gets a touchdown or he gets you know a two or three breakaway runs. Like enough for us to agree. Okay, like he's gonna be something here. I think he could get. I think that. Think that he could get a touchdown. I think they would give him a goal line carry to get a touchdown, and I think that would be, I would say, legit. I mean, if he gets a touchdown, especially at the goal line, I would say that is a legit look. I mean, you're used to, or if he's just, um, what if he's, st- what if he catches a whole bunch of passes too? Like, let's say he has yeah. five or six receptions, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. with that threshold, we'll say he scores a touchdown, has multiple catches for a decent amount of yardage. Maybe he's got that quick burst of speed that you know he never could use out in New York. We'll see. Um, I will purchase yeah. it because I do believe that they will give him a shot to get into the end zone. So we mm-hmm. will. I'm going to go with purchase on Le'Veon Bell, looking legit. I will as I will as well. I think um, basically just he has to do something where both of us say next week like something that makes you think he's going to be somewhat fantasy relevant this year. Like maybe he doesn't have a 15, 20 point week this or game this week, but enough for us to be like, okay, you know what? They gave him some goal line usage or, Hey, he's getting a lot of receptions. Like I bet this will continue and he'll have some work down the road. So I'm going to purchase that too. I think there's just too much opportunity in Kansas city. And I don't think that you bring him in to do nothing. Um, he might not have as much work as people are thinking, like people saying, Oh, CEH's value is over. I don't think that's true, but I think he'll do enough to be like a solid role player where we need him to be. Right on. Okay. We are going to be moving on to our water bet board. Jack, um, what do we got for our new water bet ideas this week between us? Yeah, I try to come up with like three or so every single week to just toss them out and then we delete the ones that we don't like. But uh, last week you mentioned to put a pin in this one, so I'm just bringing it back. I had mentioned Katie's team being two, three in eighth place last week, still making the playoffs, and you were kind of like right on the border of So I'm curious if you feel one way or the other because I am still on the Katie train. I'm starting to get scared of Katie. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Yeah, so, that's where I um, felt too. I would guess that Katie can sneak in as a five or six seed to make the playoffs, and if you feel the same way, then we're going to have to move on. Yep. Okay. Move on. Uh, num- number two, Josh finally got his first loss this week, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But with him having one loss and Jay having uh, zero wins on the year, what number do you end up think think ends up being higher? Josh's losses on the year or Jay's wins once we're all said and done? Jay's team is actually looking starting to look a little bit better, maybe. Does that mean is that possible? Uh, <laughs> I can't look worse. So No, I can't. But, I mean, last week he – I, should, I was looking at the notes. I should have pulled this up. I pulled up my ESPN <laughs> app here real quick. Okay. All right. So if I go to Jay's match, well, as here, as you look at it, yeah. Um. Close. Brandon Cook seems interesting just because you know Bill O'Brien's not there anymore. Deshaun Watson's actually trying again. Yeah. But I look at I look at Jay's team. And I just, I feel nothing. I so I'm going to say that uh, Josh, no, what's the, 
Josh probably ends with more losses than Jay ends with wins. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I feel the same way. So we'll take that one off because okay. for all we know, Josh already has more losses than Jay has wins. So That is true. One Spoiler. might be enough to get the job done. Uh, all right, number three quick. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick with obviously us mentioning him getting benched for Tua, which is really sad. Does he get traded from Miami before the trade deadline, or do they keep him? Yes, I do. I will I, I will say uh, Dallas, they are looking for a starting quarterback, and Ooh. I believe that the Red Rifle is not going to be able to get it done. So let's take a disgruntled mm-hmm. Fitzmagic, who's still got plenty left <laughs> in the tank. An angry Bring him to uh, bring him to America's team and let him hurl the ball and yeah, wouldn't you wouldn't you love that? I mean, Zeke Elliott would benefit. Amari Cooper would benefit. C.D. Lamb, um, Michael Gallup might you know you might be able to unretire Michael Gallup. I mean, yes, bring Fitzmagic <laughs> to Dallas and it would be the smartest thing that Dallas could do because they would be able to run away with that division because that division is so crappy all they need is a quarterback to be able to throw the ball and maybe a little bit of defense but fits magic to dallas i say that's a great idea and i think that they would do that okay i love it that was gonna actually be my point i'm going to say no but if i could pick if i could choose for it to happen i would say yes because that would be a dream um look at how good dallas's offense looked already um Not that I'm saying Fitzpatrick's better than Dak by any means, but like Not even they close. can, they have the weapons to do it. If you have a quarterback who can get the ball, and he's been doing it with a mediocre Miami team that's three and three, so yeah. they had more wins. Actually, I think he had more wins when Dak got hurt than Dak even did. Which obviously different teams, but if you could get him with that core, I think there'd be some electric plays, and like the defense isn't going to help anything. But I think he'd have the ability to put up thirty plus points with that team every week. So. I would love to see it. I just feel like that's going to be one of those things that like is going to be a what if that we'll talk about weeks from now. Um, Cause I feel like they're the Dolphins plan all along has been to make this switch, even if they didn't tell anybody and they're going to keep Fitzpatrick just as like a great mentor for Tua. Cause he's probably the best like backup you could learn from. So we'd love to see it, but I'm going to say no. So we'll put it on the board and see over these next couple of weeks as we watch it. Right on. And then last one that I had, I was kind of trying to do like a last, like, not necessarily fantasy players, but fantasy teams in our league. But if you had to pick a category of people likely to win the championship, would you take either the current first and second place teams, which are Josh and Tyler, or would you take the field? I would take the field. Yeah. Okay. I would too. We'll move on. Nothing right. against Josh and Tyler. Their teams are scary, but I have a number of other teams like Foster, um, Katie, Ben, so great like teams that I think are capable. You, once you get CMC back, I said that last week too. Yeah, and um, just short tangent, I am absolutely surprised that the NFL has not come down on Melvin Gordon. If I can get Melvin Gordon to play this weekend, I'd be so happy that my trade worked out. Oh boy, I'm excited. So please, please, I've been Melvin banking Gordon, on that please do all something. week for them to bench him or like them to suspend him so that I can put Lindsey back in. Correct. Yes, I've been waiting as well, and I have heard nothing, which is fantastic. Okay, I don't want to go over the old stuff right now. We're kind of running behind because we've been uh, chit-chatting a little bit. So we're going to move into our victorious secret um, portion of this podcast. 
Uh, starting off with our news and notes, side bets. We have 10 side bets on the season because we got started late. Each of them are $5 each. Last week was the sack up, the defense with the most sacks. Ryan won it with Baltimore. He had six sacks. So, Ryan, congratulations on your $5. This week Call is it. the lit. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, week seven this week, we got the lucky sevens which means that the team with the most number of sevens in their team score includes all player scores, decimal points, and the overall score. So if you have the most sevens throughout your starting lineup, I believe it is your starting lineup. I don't believe bench players are included in this. Uh, you will win $5. Uh, Jack, who do you think is going to win it this week? Um... I felt like this was more of a random matchup. It wasn't really one you can base off of players or teams or anything like that. So I just took a shot in the dark. Um, but if I'm going to take a shot in the dark for somebody to get lucky, especially on a challenge where it's all about getting sevens, so a betting gambling lucky, I'm going to go with Tyler because uh, for those of you that don't know him, he has a short horseshoe up his butt about everything. Um, not that he's not great at stuff. He's phenomenal at pretty much anything he touches, which is frustrating. But anytime there's these, these random, like, unusual things that have no skill or no reason or why it seems like he's the one that's just like, Oh, I won. Like, look at that. That's so weird. So um, I'm going to go with Tyler just because there's no real reason to pick anybody. So Tyler, I can't wait for you to get 77.77 this week and lose, but win the side bet. So good luck there. Yeah. And I picked myself because Ryan Herman has always told me as well that I have a horseshoe up my butt. So I just picked myself. Like you oh. said, it's completely random. There is no skill in this whatsoever. So you just throw a dart at a random fantasy team and hopefully you will win five dollars on this side bet all right coming up we have one of jack's favorite segments say my name, say my name. all right we've got our uh team name updates going on here we are up to 10 of 12 um kind of jordan ooh, ooh. changed his name to a bunch of random letters and numbers last week uh did he headbutt the keyboard after losing my guess was that harper just accidentally uh, logged on to his computer, typed in his, you know, the address to the ESPN website, scrolled over to his team settings, and then was able to change his team name and hit enter and everything like that uh, while having his crazy name. I tried actually, like, thinking, like, is is Jordan trying to, like, say a really, really long sentence with just using, like, the first letter of each word? <laughs> but I don't know. So, Jordan, I mean, I'm just going to refer to Jordan's team name as the uh, team formerly known as Jordan. So, I like it. Foster changed up his team name to Hooper. There it is. It's decent. It's classic Foster, of course. Going with the Saints. Yep. Jay changed his name to Herbert and Gerberts, which I actually, I actually love. Um. So, uh, but he doesn't have. Did you say he, he doesn't have Herbert? Anymore? Yeah. He 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 dropped Justin Herbert, which is why I picked him in the streaming. So it's like, ah, oh, dude, you got to switch that team name right away. Okay. All right. And then, um. Jack, you changed your team name as well. I did. I It's really nice doing this segment notes because it reminds me to be like, oh, I should change mine. It's been a bit. So I picked up Gronk this week, one of my favorite players. So shout out to Trace Atkins, but I changed it to uh, Honky Tonk, but Gronk got a Gronk. Wonderful. I love the Gronk. I'm really proud. Uh, I love the Gronk names. Gronka Trucks is one of my favorite team names I ever used. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Gronk uh, for making just fantastic fantasy football team names all right we're going to be moving into our um noteworthy ad drops 
Jape spent $10 on Cole Beasley. Josh spent, uh, spent $10 on Brandon Ayuk. Jack, you spent $10 on Gronk. Jordan picked up Carson Wentz for $8. Ryan picked up Dallas Goddard for $5. Uh, I picked up Adam Humphrey for $3. Ryan also picked up Tevin Coleman for $2. Ryan picked up the Dil Bills defense for $1. Really? That's it? Um, Jordan picked up Flory Kement for $0. Alex picked up Gio Bernard for $0. But Jack, you are missing one in here. I picked up... I know. I just added it while you were talking. Okay. See, I print out. I print out my notes because it's just easier not to have it on the screen. So um, I was typing it and like highlighting it for you to look, and now I feel dumb. No, I no no. I have I have a hard copy. I have I have all my notes right here on on paper. You can smart. You can kind of see it on there. Anyways, all right. So um, I picked up Antonio Brown for what was it six dollars? Yeah. I wasn't sure, and I forgot to go back and look at the Fab Report. I thought that, you know, I got to spend, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of money because, like, if somebody really wants to go out and get them, you know, more power to you. Um, I've already spent my dough this year on uh, Mike Davis. I spent a lot of dough on Mike Davis, so I didn't have that much Fab to play with. So, six bucks, that's that's the top, that's the amount, uh, max amount of money I'm willing to spend on a player that might not even play. And even if he does play, is he going to be on a team that is actually going to need his um, skill set? Like, if he goes to Seattle, I'm not too high on what his fantasy prospects are going to be. I no. hope that he goes to a team where they need a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two so that he can be fantasy relevant and I can roll with him to the ship to win my first ship. That would be awesome. So that was the whole strategy behind Antonio Brown. I'm just going to stash him. Put him on my bench. If he doesn't play, no big deal. It was only $6. For what it's worth, I tried to pick him up, too. How much did you spend on him? I didn't look at the Fab Report. Uh, either 2 or 3 I okay. forget. Because I thought initial... somebody's going to put go up for him. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So, um, I, I figured somebody else was going to see it because he was being talked about everywhere. Like, Matthew Barry and everybody else is like, hey, Pick him up a week ahead and be ahead of your league. And I'm like, that doesn't work in our league because everybody's ahead. So I was like, somebody's going to see it. So somebody will probably try to pick him up for nothing, being smart. Somebody else will think that and go, I'm going to spend one. So I was like, I'm smart and I'll spend two. And then it didn't matter. Yeah, no, I, that's the exact thought. I actually went in and changed it because my initial bid was $2 on Antonio Brown. And I'm like, nope, just mm -hmm. triple it. Make it $6. If it's more than $6, yeah. it's not worth it. You know, it's just not worth it. So, I mean. It's such a, it's such a high risk, high reward type pickup, and to be honest with you, I'm not even really expecting him to make the field because I've also heard that even if he does, uh, get signed to a team, the NFL might look into whatever else Antonio Brown has been doing in his personal life and give him an even more games of of a suspension. So. Which it's, Which, on that note, to me, that's so dumb because, like, I don't like Antonio Brown. I think he's a head case, and I don't like him as a player. But just the idea that, like, the NFL does that, where it's like, we're going to give you an eight-game suspension, and then that's it. Oh, you want to play again? Well, now we're going to give you more. I'm like, you sh it's it doesn't work like that in, like, a normal justice system or whatever. So, correct. like, why don't you just give him what you want to give him, and then that's it. Correct. I, Make it I, 10. I, don't do eight and then two later. I would agree with that 100%. Why, why would you want to be yanking? someone's chain along like you want to come back and play in the nfl all right here's eight games oh you're signed with the team yeah. and your suspension's up well you did this this and this and now we're going to tack on two or three more games <laughs> right it, it's just 
Just give him what he's what he's due, yeah. and move on. All right. Yep. We are going to be moving. <laughs> yeah, we are going to be moving into our victory formation here, and I'm just going to transfer this over like that. You guys should be able to see the scores up on the screen. Jack, I don't know if you want to look, but in the victorious POD um, uh, folder on the Google Drive, you'll see a folder called Live Photos or something like that. I think it's in Season 4. I'm not sure if it's in the Season 4 folder or not, but you can see all the photos that I'm going to be posting here through it. So if you want to follow Excellent. along, but you don't have to. All right, so we're yeah, going to be going through this rapid fire because we really got to get going on this stuff. We're already at an yeah. hour. Um, all right. Deal. Super fast. <laughs> Super fast. All right. Tyler absolutely destroyed Jay. It was almost a double up, but not quite. Tyler had 112.3 points to Jay's 68.9 on Tyler's side of the ball. Gardner Minshew with 17. DeAndre Swift with 24. Debo Samuel with 12. Julio with 25. And his kicker, Justin Tucker, had 16 over on Jay's side of the ball. I'm looking at his players, and only his flex player, Brandon Cooks, had 12.8 points, and then his Steelers defense had 17. Jack, what did you see out of this game? I'll keep it real quick, 20 seconds apiece here. Uh, Tyler dominated, like you said. His quarterback and two running backs were out, and he still did this good. So crazy on what's Tyler's down week to do this insane. Uh, DeAndre Swift getting 24 points. Scary if he becomes actually the guy. Tyler's going to have another huge piece there. Jay, I feel for you. You had 100 points last week, and I thought you were turning it around, but then you followed up with this. So really, really brutal. Um, nobody in your team really had more than eight, except for your defense being your top player. Just just rough. I think it's kind of how these teams are going to look the rest of the year. I would agree. All right, moving on. We have Josh versus Ben. Uh, ben getting his first win, giving Josh his first I'm sorry, not Ben's first win. Giving yeah. Josh his first loss. Ben has definitely has more than one win. On uh, For Ben, he had 116.7 points, and Josh had 83.4. On Ben's side of the ball, Deshaun Watson had an amazing 32 points. Aaron Jones had 10. Amari Cooper had 13.9. Justin Jefferson, RAR, 30.6. A.J. Brown had 17. Over on Josh's side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes had 20. James Robinson had 11.3. Ronald Jones, the second, had 24.1, and his kicker, Joey Sly, who is now on the COVID list, unfortunately, got 11 points. Jack, what did you see in this matchup? A huge game for Ben knocking off uh, the undefeated person, so really good. I, you, nobody ever wants to see anyone else go undefeated forever. Um, ben just dominating with 35 points. This is by far Josh's worst showing, so he's been dominant before that. Good to see that everybody's human. Um, Deshaun figuring it out finally for Ben is scary because he already has a great team, but his weakness was a QB so far. So 32 points for him, and then Justin Jefferson looking like the pickup of the year um, for Ben getting him in the ninth round, I think. And then A.J. Brown putting up 17 and only his second week back. Josh finally had two of his stars limb down with Zeke and Hopkins combining for like 11.3, which was just what James Robinson got alone. So Two number one guys can't even get what the Jacksonville running back is getting. Um, Landry and Andrews letting him down. Josh, I'm sure, is going to be fine going forward. He kind of followed the blueprint of the Packers where he's been undefeated till now and then has a letdown, but I don't think it's going to affect him. All right, we're going to be moving on. We've got Alex versus Foster. Foster beat Alex 114.62. Alex is 84.7 over on Foster's side of the ball. Derrick Henry had a monster game of 38.4 points. Adam Thielen had 11.1. Kenny Galladay had 10.5. George Kittle had 16.9. Uh, 
And over on Alex's side of the ball, Kyler Murray had 28.9 points. And his kicker, Young Ho Koo, had 20. And there's nothing much really else to talk about. Jack, what did you see in the matchup? Uh, yeah, uh, one of the only matchups that I was <laughs> correct on last week. Foster torching Alex for 30 points. Really not fair when Derrick Henry gets him 38.4. I mean, just rough for Alex. He's going to have some tough breaks where he's had a good team but just lost against some top competition. So the rest of Foster's team beyond Henry, uh, Stafford was kind of meh, which was disappointing, but George Kittle had a dominant day for him. And I still think he's, other than like the top couple teams, the scariest looking team that's in that like middle of the pack ratio. Like I've been saying it all year that Foster's team is good. So would not be surprised to see him continue going forward. Um, Alex, Kyler looking great, like you said, but both Hurst and Gibson disappointing him. And then his new player that he just traded for, Mike Evans, did zero. Um, his team is really, really deep. It just seems like he's really in a tough hole. Like he's better than two and four, but it's going to be tough if he can't get some of these wins that uh, he needs early on, even though he's been a great GM with all of his trades and moves so far. Right on. Cool. Do you want to go over the next matchup? Sure. Which one we got? Uh, that would be Katie versus Jordan. Yes, Katie versus Jordan. Uh, Katie won 97.8 to Jordan's 80.3. Once again, Katie's team, I say this every week, but she has just a consistent roster. Like everybody shares the load. Nobody besides Lamar really went off, but they all had between that like 8 to 12 amount roughly. Um, Lamar finally having a big week was great for her. And then Fuller's looking like a wide receiver one, which is insane. He's scored each of the last four weeks, and then he's getting plenty of yardage. Like two or three of those have been over 100 yards, and he's just got that breakaway ability. So with uh, Deshaun heating up at the right time, Fuller could be a lot better than I would have thought for going forward. Uh, Jordan's team had a big letdown. Big Ben had not such a big day, um, unintended. Plus, Miles Sanders getting injured, Juju getting half a point. I mean, Jordan has had some awful luck so far, but his team looks good. So, I mean, if he can hang on with, during all these injuries and stuff, I think he'll be okay. Um, well, Katie, like I've said the last couple of weeks, She's becoming one of my favorite underdog teams. I think a team that should sneak into the playoffs and will be just as dangerous as a top team at that point. Right on. Why don't you move to the next matchup? That would be your matchup versus Ryan. <laughs> I don't know how in the hell that I won mine. Um, do we have the pictures for it? Uh, yes, we do. Okay. There it is. Yeah, uh, super ugly matchup for any of you guys watching. I don't know how the hell I won, but I won 74.8 versus Ryan's 65.3. I don't deserve this win. Let me say Ryan definitely did more. Um, He had really bad luck, too. (laughs) I was looking at it my last two weeks. I've had 74.8 and 62.2, which adds up to like 136, 137 on the dot. Um, That's less if you combine those two than I had in week four, just two weeks ago. So Really, really great week, and then two letdown weeks, but thank God I'm one and one over that stretch. Uh, really glad that my decision to bench Matt Ryan for Brady didn't cost me the loss. Ryan had 31-something points, so I would have actually had 91, which is a little bit more respectable score. Um, all three of, my, three of my wide receivers were a disappointment, but Mixon was decent. Lindsey was great as a fill-in guy. Uh, he's still elite. I've been saying it all along since the beginning of the year. He is good, so I was bummed when they brought Melvin Gordon in because Lindsey can get 100 yards on his own easy. Uh, my defense and kicker getting double digits was enough to carry me. They got like a third of my total points on Ryan's side. Fitzpatrick looked great, but then he had two late picks that dropped his points by a lot. Uh, CEA should have had one, if not two touchdowns that got called back, which totally screwed Ryan. I was texting him during the game and it was just brutal. Cause when I saw those runs, I was like, no, no, yes. Oh my God. Okay. So um, that's, that was very lucky for me. Uh, Devonte Adams scared me, but his first week back was a disappointment. And then Crowder has his only game this year without a hundred yards against me. So 
very lucky. I'll take the win where I can, but uh, it was an ugly matchup for sure. Right on. Okay, and we are going to be moving into my matchup. Um, I faced Cassie this week. Uh, it did not go well for me. I had my worst performance of the year at <laughs> 65.7 points, and Cassie beat me at 88.5 points. Josh Allen had a down week. Cam Akers scored me zero. Johnny Smith scored me one. My defense scored me one. Uh, it was not not good at all. Over on Cassie's side of the ball, she had Ryan Tanhill give her 28.5 points. Kenya Drake had a monster game of 28.4. James Conner had 16.2. And that pretty much wraps up, Jack. What did you think about my matchup with Cassie? Yeah, um, Cassie's getting a little bit of luck in the schedule so far. She gets her second win in a row against you and then last week against me with uh, teams that scored in the 60s against her. So her defense is just shutting us down fantasy-wise. Um, you touched on most of it, but uh, Akers getting one snap in the game really hurts you, but you really didn't have any other options. And then Josh Allen picking one week to kind of be normal sucked. But I still think your team is really scary, and I think Cassie's going to need to – she's going to be playing some tougher – teams coming up so i think that's going to be hurting her if she can't get higher scores right on right on i have got to go into something here real quick i am trying to get this picture to load but i can't make it load because it's just being Uh, well you have a picture up right now of all all the undefeated teams right uh nope there are none undefeated teams that is a great great exactly transition Um, thank you Yes, no problem. We will be here. All right, let's let's transition now. Speaking of which, we've got our standings here. I was able to get them up. Thank the Lord I was able to get them up. There it is. Let's see here. We have Josh at 5-1, Tyler at 4-2, Ben at 4-2, Foster at 3-3, I'm at 3-3, Katie's at 3-3, Jack, you're at 3-3, Jordan's at 3-3, Ryan's at 3-3, Cassie's at three three, Alex two and four, and then Jay at zero and six. It's really bunched up right now, and that's completely normal. I mean, that's our league for the last three years, maybe four years of our league. It is jam packed all the way till the end, until we reach playoff time. Uh, so it's things are only going to heat up going in, and um, I I couldn't be more excited for the. Uh, the playoffs to come. Hopefully I will make it this year, but like I said, it's always uh, a tough go for that. All right. We are going to be moving on to our next segment, which I believe is hold on uh, weekly pick them. Yes, we have our weekly pick them. So I'm just going to go over here real quick. Do that. We're going to transition to here and we'll be bringing back our graphics here shortly. But uh, Jack, what happened in our pick'em last week? Yeah, so standing is breaking it down right now. We had Ryan staying on top with uh, 31. He's got a little bit of a lead right now, a little gap in between everybody else. Cassie and Katie actually stayed tied for second, so the first, the top three, uh, actually top four, all stayed the exact same. Cassie and Katie are tied for second at 28, so three points behind Ryan. I stayed in fourth place behind those three at 26, but Alex jumped up with a seven-point week to tie me. So me and Alex are tied. Shout out to Al. Uh, Jordan's behind us with 23. Tyler is down four points from that at 19, and you were down at 16. So similar top, pretty much similar standings all around, except for Alex making the jump, but there's a little bit of a, a gap starting to form. Ryan is just on the money with guessing this league. 
Yeah, I am terrible at this. I don't. I mean, I don't, it's fun, but I'm I'm just I'm not good. But that's okay. This is. I mean, it's it's fun content for the podcast. It's so, so up in the air. It's so yeah. fluky. All right, we are going to be moving on to our matchup previews, and I appreciate you taking over that last segment because I was able to get ready for this. Bam! You should be able to see our oh. matchup previews. Which is awesome. So lovely. We are going to be starting off with Ryan versus Katie. Uh, let's see here. Katie did not mm-hmm. submit a lineup completely yet, so I just didn't even try doing anything because she didn't even have a quarterback on her team. So as of right now, Ryan is just the massive underdog or massive favorite in this. And uh, Jack, what do you see in this matchup? Real quick. Yeah. So this is a really key matchup. Yeah, I'll keep them all pretty rapid fire here. Uh, this is a really key matchup for these two because they're both three and three. They're both kind of just outside the bubble right now. Um, Lamar on bye for Katie, like you mentioned, really hurts. So I'm curious to see if she's going to pick somebody up. I'm surprised she didn't on Thursday because she could have gotten like Carson Wentz, who was probably the top addition. So hopefully she listens and gets uh, Herbert, who I mentioned. Um, no clue what she's going to do, but Ryan's team's at full strength and his starters look actually pretty solid. So it's going to be a tough one either way. I really, really love Todd Gurley and Devontae Adams match for Ryan this week, plus his defense and kicker, honestly, both might be the number one options on the week. Um, but Cameron Braid at tight end kind of feels gross for me, so I'm not sure about that. I don't love David Johnson for Katie versus Green Bay because uh, I think they're going to play from behind all game, being Houston. But uh, on the flip side, that's going to help Fuller for her because they're going to throw deep the entire time and try to get some points catching up. Starting two tight ends is interesting. Um, I don't usually like that, but they both actually are having good matchups this week where they should be getting lots and lots of throws. Um, so... Interesting to see what's going to happen here, but this is kind of a really toss-up game depending on who she picks at uh, quarterback. Right on. Uh, Alex, Jack, Katie, myself, we all picked Katie. Alex picked Katie to be her side bet winner. Uh, Cassie, Jordan, Ryan, Tyler all picked Ryan. Ryan picked himself to be the side bet winner uh, in this matchup. We are going to be moving on to our next matchup which is going to be Foster versus Josh. Uh, Foster is the four-point favorite um, over on uh, Foster's side. He's got the advantage at running back one, wide receiver one, tight end. And over on Josh's side, he's got the quarterback advantage, the running back one, the, I'm sorry, the running back two, the wide receiver two, wide receiver one, words are tough, and the flex position. Uh, what do you see in this matchup? I'm excited to watch this one. This was actually the teams, the two teams I picked at the start of the season. So like right after the draft, guessing who was going to be in the championship. So uh, good to see that they're both doing well. Um, Foster on the upswing and Josh number one right now. Uh, Stafford might be the start of the week for Foster going against Atlanta. I think every single quarterback has put up 20 or more points against him. So him and Galladay having a stack together could make or break Foster's week. I mean, like if they do what they're supposed to do, that could win it for Foster, no matter what Josh does. But also if, you know, it turns into a slow game or, or Stafford doesn't do what he's supposed to, it could be over before it started for him. Uh, Josh needs a tight end. So I'm waiting to see who he ends up starting, but both of his running backs have really, really good matchups because their team should be ahead all day. So I think they're going to get a lot of work. And then overall, as much as I love Foster's team, I think his team is really, really good and still a threat. I just think Josh's is also equally as good and deep, and I don't see the number one team so far losing back-to-back weeks, so I'm going with Josh. Right on. Uh, there were two people who picked up who picked Foster in this matchup. That is Alex and myself. So that means Cassie, Jack, Jordan, Katie, Ryan, and Tyler picked Josh. Cassie picked Josh to be 
the uh, the side bet winner, and Ryan picked Josh to be his Stone Cold Lock of the Century. All right, we are going to be moving on to Alex versus Ben, the Battle of the Williams Brothers. Right now, Alex is the eight and a half point favorite. Alex has the advantage at quarterback. He has the advantage at running back two, wide receiver one, and tight end. Over on Ben's side, he's got the advantage at running back one, wide receiver two, and the flex. Jack, what do you see in this matchup? Yeah, Al, Ben, you guys got to keep it nice. You're going to have to have Mrs. Williams come and break it up between you two. But uh, overall, this matchup should be really, really close. Uh, two teams that are kind of on the opposite ends of the standing. So Alex really needs this win. But Ben equally, you know, could win pretty easily. He's been great so far. Um, ben is the defending champ as well. So there's a little bit of edge there. Uh, big key man for this matchup is going to be if Michael Thomas plays. I know Al's got him in his lineup currently, but he is still questionable. He missed practice today, I believe, um, with a new injury hamstring, I think. And uh, if he does finally play, Alex gets his second first round pick back after losing Barkley. But if he doesn't, uh, he's got good enough people to plug in, but it's no Michael Thomas, obviously. So excited to see if he comes back. Excuse me. And then Ben obviously still missing his running back too with Chubb Hurts, but uh, DK Metcalf and Aaron Jones have been two of the top players at their position. And with Deshaun finally heating up too, I think he's got some elite top five options every single week. So looks like his team is kind of turning the corner, even getting even better than it was. And uh, I think it's going to do it again for him this week. Okay. This week, uh, Alex picked Alex. Jack picked Alex. Jordan picked Alex. Katie picked Alex. Ryan picked Alex. And so did Tyler. So that means Cassie, myself, we, we picked Ben. Uh, Jordan picked Alex to be the side bet winner, and Katie picked Ben to be the side bet winner. But most importantly, Katie picked Alex to be the Stone Cold Lock of the Century. Right on. We are going to be moving to Cassie versus Jay. As of right now, Cassie is the 13.1 favorite against Jay. Uh, Jay has the advantage at quarterback, wide receiver two, and the flex. Over on Cassie's side, she has the advantage at running back one, running back two, wide receiver one, tight end. And that will do it. Jack, what do you see in this matchup? Cassie coming off back-to-back wins versus teams in the 60s, like I mentioned before. But luckily, you're playing a team who excels at scoring in the 60s with Jay. So this is going to be really, really good for your defense. Um, Jay's running backs are gross this week. I like like David Montgomery, but not, not normally. He's going against... Uh, the Rams this week, who have a great run defense. And then the Michael P. Ryan, who's not even the running back one on his own team, going against Buffalo of all people, not ideal. Plus, if uh, Michael Thomas does come back, like I just mentioned, I think Emmanuel Sanders becomes pretty irrelevant for you as basically your wide receiver one at this point. Um, Cassie, meanwhile, she's got Tannehill, who is good, but it's against a dominant Pittsburgh defense, so this will be a tough test for him. Uh, Kenyon Drake finally looked like an RB1 last week, so I'm sure that was a sigh of relief for you playing um, playing him and then uh, the rest of your matchups I, I don't like them I don't hate them I think they're good enough probably to get the job done against Jay I'm expecting this to probably be the lowest scoring matchup of the week but I'm feeling pretty good about Cassie winning as I'm sure pretty much everybody else is uh, yeah everybody picked Cassie to win this matchup Jack and myself both picked Cassie to be stone cold lock of the century and Tyler Cassie to be the side bet winner. All right, we are going to be moving on to 
Jack versus Jordan. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So you are the twenty nine point four point favorite, but Jordan it's doesn't have accurate. a yeah. kicker. And I don't. I mean, I don't think Jordan's team is that bad. I mean, he's starting Corey Corey Clement right now. But well, yikes. look at who's on his bench and who's hurt. <laughs> yeah, I can't see that. Just, I'm looking at a screenshot oh. photo of what I got. So, but right now we've got. Uh, you have the advantage at quarterback, running back one, running back two, and your flex. So Jordan has the advantage at wide receiver one, two, and tight end. Uh, Jack, what do you see in your matchup? So if you thought your running backs were bad, shout out Jordan for his favorite joker line. Um, Jordan's are way worse. He's got Miles Gaskin and Mark Ingram on by, plus Miles Sanders, who got hurt last week, and Austin Eckler, who got hurt a couple weeks ago. So that's why he's starting Corey Clement and someone named Mick Nichols, who I didn't even know existed. Apparently, he's the new backup for Derrick Henry after Darrington Evans got hurt, um, which if you're the backup for Derrick Henry, you're probably irrelevant. But obviously, he doesn't have a lot of options, so he's doing what he can. Um, on my side of the ball, I get Josh Jacobs back this week. I sweeped out a win without my first rounder last week, but uh, Mixon is hurt as of now. He's questionable to play, so I'm really hoping he does. I have switched Brady out for Matt Ryan, so I need that. Well, pay no attention to the picture if you're looking at it because I did it today, but uh, giving Matt Ryan another chance after benching him after three gross weeks. He had one good week last week, so I'm giving him another shot against Detroit. There should be no excuse why he can't do great, so We'll see what happens. But speaking of people that I have put up with, I uh, finally gave up on Zach Ertz, and I spent up to get Gronk this week because uh, not that I think Gronk's going to be what he was last week when he got a touchdown and 70 yards, but it's already better than everything you combine for Zach Ertz all year. So making a couple Zach of switches Ertz in my starting lineups. Um, yeah, he's not even a top 20 option. It's off. I think he's he's had – seven points max is his best all year. Like he hasn't even had one good week. It's just, I'm done. I meant to drop him. I, for some reason, put him in the IR because I had him in two other leagues that I did that for, but we can't do an IR. So I'm trying to drop him, but I can't because he's playing his game. So he's, uh, he's just going to be dropped as soon as I can, or I'll just text Tyler to remove him now. Um, that being said on Jordan's side of the ball, I do think he has some good matchups. Like Wentz looks good coming in against the giants. I don't think he's done much yet. I think they're, they're winning like 10 to seven, but he had a good matchup. Ridley should be great against Detroit. Keenan Allen should be good against um, – I forget who they're playing. They have a good matchup too, though. Jacksonville. So I think it's going to be – yeah, Jacksonville, who can't stop anybody. So I think this should be closer than people think. I'm still picking myself because Jordan has a lot of bad luck this week, but uh, I think Jordan is going to be closer in this score than people are expecting. Yeah, I'm picking you as well. The lack of running backs is really going to be uh, hurting for Jordan. So this week, um, Alex Cassie. Jordan, Katie, myself, and Tyler all pick. Me, that right? That could be right. That be Jack, right? I think it was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I that's think we right. Yeah, it. yep. Seven of us all picked Jack, and then Ryan picked Jordan. To note oh, thanks, that Cassie, let's see here. I just want to make sure. Yep. Cassie and Jordan both picked you to be the Stone Cold Lock of the Century. Also, Jordan, if you want to just uh, let me win this week as your wedding present to me, that'd be totally fine. Because if you beat me this week, I'll be very sad about it. Right on. We are going to be moving on to myself versus Tyler. This is going to be one of the toughest matchups I've had all year. And I've already played Josh. Um, so, 
right now I am the eight point favorite against Tyler. I have the advantage at quarterback, running back one, wide receiver one, uh, and tight end. Over on Tyler's side, he's got the advantage at running back two and the flex. Uh, I'm projected 103 points. Um, it feels good. Um, you know, I, I actually have some confidence in my running back room this week. Um, I'm thinking Mike Davis is going to have a bounce back. Melvin Gordon, if he plays, that's going to be amazing. Uh, I believe Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen are going to be able to have a bounce back week and hopefully get a couple of touchdowns. Travis Kelsey's always been solid. I had Johnu Smith in there, but once I saw that Sterling Shepard was going to be playing tonight, I decided to swap him out for um, Darius Slayton. So Slayton is going to be playing for me in one of my wide receiver roles as of right now. I'm not sure how he's doing. I haven't even checked the score. But uh, yeah. One for 12. Oh, perfect. And... <laughs> Over on Tyler's side, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's always dangerous against uh, anybody he plays. DeAndre Swift, I don't see him repeating. Boston Scott is kind of, I mean, we'll see what he can do. Last time he was the starter, he didn't do much for Philadelphia. Julio, he's questionable, but if he's going to be out there, I know he's going to be dangerous because the Detro uh, Detroit defense is just terrible. Hayden Hurst, I'm, I'm not too sure about him. He's only had one good game. Chris Carson's always had my respect i've i you know i tried trading hard for chris carden with with uh tyler this year so i think it's gonna be a really close matchup uh but i do believe that i can sneak out the win against tyler jack what do you see yeah i believe i picked you too i think looking at this just the fact that uh you have josh allen and stefan diggs as a stack and then going against new york the jets of all people um that's the same kind of situation as Foster with Stafford and Galladay where like you could win the week on them alone, no matter what another team does. So if he connects with Diggs for, you know, say a hundred yards and a touchdown or maybe two touchdowns and like 50 yards, I think that alone is going to be real, real tough to come back from. And uh, I think you're right. I don't think Swift is going to do another 20 plus point performance. I do think he'll be good. I think he'll be like an RB two on the week kind of thing, but uh, I think having him, not be quite as much as he was. And then having Delvin cook out for him this week on the bye, that's going to be very tough. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be really, really close though, between the two. All right. Right on this week, Jack, Ryan Herman, myself and Tyler both picked me to win. Tyler picked me to be his stone cold lock of the century. And like I stated earlier, I also made myself the side bet winner. Um, uh, Alex, Cassie, Jordan, and Katie picked Tyler to win. Uh, and then, Jack, you picked Tyler to be the side bet winner for this week. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, that is correct. All right. We are going to do this so everybody can see it. These are all nice. of the picks, and those are the locks are on the absolute right-hand side. I'm sorry, under SCL, they are the second column from the right. And then, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this way, that, that way. way. And then the WSB is the weekly side bet winner. And then there, all I'll the just, bold. I'll do this. Yeah, all the bold stuff is I'll just, just like people picking their own matchups. So who they pick like their it. own matchup. So that right there is the is all of the picks so that everybody can see them on the board. And we are actually going to transfer back over this way. Pow. All right. 
Guillotine. It's time. What's happening, Guillotine, Jack? What's going on? Guillotine, week six elimination was Glick. Uh, a lot of us in this league know him. Um, he was not one of the victorious secret league members. So that league is just dominating at this point. I think we started with nine out of the, what would have been 17 teams were victorious secret members. And now we're down to nine out of, or I'm sorry, sorry, we've lost two. So we're down to seven out of the remaining 11 are people from our league. So I think it would be awesome if we uh, just made sure that somebody from our league won it, just like keep going down until it's only league members left. That'd be really cool. Uh, going off of Glick's team and who was released and who he lost and everything, he actually had a really, really solid team. I was talking to you before the broadcast, but his team looked great on paper, but he had spent most of his budget already, so I don't think he could have made a lot more moves going forward. But team members, notable team members that he had that were picked up. Uh, Lamar Jackson by the fourth and long team. I don't know who that is, so if anybody does, please let me know. For $22, great value there. Um I think I've had Herbert and Cam, so I just didn't feel like it was worth spending on that versus waiting a little bit longer, but uh, really solid value for MVP. DeAndre Swift, Jordan, got him for $86. Spoiler alert, Jordan pretty much bought everybody this week. Uh, he also got Nick Chubb for 135 who I tried to make a move on him for like 100 I think. Uh, Cooper Cup, he picked up for $76. Mike Evans, he also picked up for $76. Noah Fant, he spent for $55. So Jordan was just waiting all year to just go and pick up Glick's team, apparently. Um, he's not even going to have, I don't like, are you going to even have any players starting from your previous team this week? Like you're just going to start all Glick's team basically. And then I think the only other addition was Amari Cooper who was picked up by money buns. Another team I don't know for $206 as the top pickup of the week. So notable standings um, just from the Victoria's secret members, like I mentioned, we're seven out of the 11. So seven out of nine of us are still alive. You only lost Jay and Ben so far, but the rest of us are going to try to keep it going to um, honor your guys on your behalf, Josh is still first place with 821 points total. Alex is second with 756. Tyler is third with 749 right behind him. Walter is here at fourth with 724, pretty close. I hopped up to sixth place with 702. Jordan's right behind me at seventh with 689. And then Foster is still at 10th with 624. I believe Kurt is the only active team left below him with less points. So Foster has still stayed kind of right on the border. Hopefully he can survive a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's what we're looking at this week. To note, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers in this league, I believe, is Kevin Vota, so the Vota brothers are oh, yep, that's close, right. to the, uh, close to the cellar there, so that's kind of interesting. Interesting tidbit there. Alright, we're going to be moving on to our Dynasty. Jack, real quick, what happened in Dynasty for you? Uh, I won this past week against Dave. Dave Sousen, shout out. If you listen, I listened to your uh, Land of 10,000 Plus Goons episodes, the last last two of them today actually so hopefully you're listening to talk about how i beat you uh, 112 to 93 uh, my team looked great this week i'm actually five and one and i am in first place in dynasty which is insane because i was gonna be surprised if i was 500 so far uh, i'm tied with josh he's the only other team at five and one so shout out to josh i think we're both like i think i'm seventh most points scored and he's like ninth or tenth so we don't deserve to be there but we've uh we've done our mashups i mean i scored 112 so it's respectable but uh now I actually play Josh this coming week for sole ownership of first place. He's uh five and one. I'm five and one, and it's going to be interesting. I think I'm favored, but he's got some good players too. Right on. Last week I played Andrew Falk. I had 102.58 points to his 76.24. 
I am trying to pull up our matchup, and I got it. Ben Roethlisberger had a not a great point, but or not a great day. But Derrick Henry had an amazing day for me. Um, Mike Evans was terrible. Amari Cooper was serviceable. Andrews was terrible. DJ Moore was serviceable. My kicker got me negative points. I don't know how that works. Um, if it wasn't for Derrick Henry last week, I definitely would have yeah. got crushed. How the hell did matchup. you win? Uh, it's a good thing that his quarterback didn't do squat. Andy Dalton, Todd Gurley didn't do squat. Tyreek Hill didn't do squat. So, I mean, I, I should have been absolutely crushed in this league, but um, I picked up another win, which actually now will put me in... I'm in third place. I'm in third place in our dynasty, so that's yeah, pretty sweet. you're right there, too. So, How are they letting um, two rookies lead this? Yeah, I have no idea. So... But it's nice to see that we're dominating in all fashions of fantasy goodness right now in the leagues that we are covering. You know, we're still alive in the guillotine. We're we're kicking ass in uh, in the dynasty. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, in the hood DFS, are you still in first place in that? I think you are. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of dominating, <clears throat> um, yeah, I am currently. If you look at best scores, total scores overall, uh, I believe I am. That's what like, I don't have the exact numbers because it's kind of distorted by those guys that had like the multiple scores. But on Gar and Josh's last hood pod, they said I am currently in first with uh, 796. And then I think Nikita's right behind me at like 758. And then there's from there, I'm not sure because the standings aren't totally right, but they've got it down. So I have been in first since I think week two, week one, I took second. And then from then on, I've, I've hung on. I had a bad week this past week, but uh, still enough of a cushion, like the drop off from, me to Nikita is like 40 points. And then from Nikita to somebody else is a big gap. So it's not going to last, but it's fun to talk about in the meantime. Heck yeah. I'm doing pretty well in that. I believe I'm in eighth place right now. Uh, I checked the standings on that. Whoops. I just destroyed my mic. Um, so yeah. Uh, I think, I think if I keep doing what I'm doing, I mean, I'd be happy with a top 10 finish. I mean, there's 20 people in that league. So uh, the DFS league, um, if I can be top 10, I'd yep. like to move up a little bit more. You know, I, I, I'm, things are still kind of close. I mean, maybe I could make the top spot, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of things have got to happen for me to be able to move up that far, this far into the season. So to be able to be st- top 10, maybe rise up a few more places would be, would be ideal, but I am fairly happy with how I've been doing right now in the hood play along. All right. That is going to be our show. You can kind of hear the music a little bit. We made it through. Our timing wasn't the greatest, but, you know, we had a lot of fun. We talked a lot of, about a lot of different things. We did a lot of off-the-cuff stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast. I want to thank everybody for being here on YouTube. Um, Jack, I want to thank you for all your amazing hard work this week. I'm going to miss you next week. Um you know, yeah. when you're away, if you can just, you know, do the show notes for me, you know, that'd be perfect. <laughs> that way I don't have to do yeah. it. I'll get on that. Okay. All right. So um, you can find us, remember, on YouTube. Subscribe and like us. We are going to 100 subscribers, so please help us out. You can find us at www.anchor.fm slash the Victorious POD. Make sure you leave us a voice message. Twitter at Victorious POD. Email Victorious POD at gmail.com. Jack, anything you want to say uh go enjoy watching this awful game thursday night football right now daniel jones just ran for 80 yards down to the five yard line um so apparently it's just not making any sense 
But um, beyond that, yeah, I'll miss everybody next week. I don't know if you're doing a show with another guest host or what, but uh, I'll look forward to coming back in two weeks. Um, for those of you that are able to come to the wedding, excited to come celebrate with you guys. For anybody who is not, no, don't take it personally. It wasn't anything with you guys. It's just kind of been a crazy chaos this whole wedding planning season with um, COVID. So we don't really have a lot of control of how many people we can bring. So nothing against you guys, but I look forward to either celebrating with you at the wedding or soon in the near future, both Christine and I do. So, yeah. Good luck to you and Chris, uh, Christine this weekend on your guys' wedding. I hope you guys uh, just kill it. I hope you guys have a lot of fun out there. I hope the weather guys uh, treat you nicely. And uh, that is it. So, good night, everybody. We will talk to you later. Jack, send us off. See you later, guys. Goodbye.